You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The people walking in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Then Jesus stopped and ordered that he be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, please let me see. Jesus told him, have sight. Your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. When they saw this, all the people gave praise to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This question Jesus asks of the blind man is very powerful, very beautiful question. Imagine being with Jesus and he asks you, what would you like me to do for you now? And it's good to make that very concrete where Jesus meets you. Sometimes we do this exercise with pilgrims over at the ruins of our synagogue here in Magdala, the first century synagogue. And the people are all around, they're very impressed by the remnants of the synagogue with frescoes and mosaics and seating and pillars, the space, the teaching room. And they, it's easy to transport oneself into that setting. One is sitting down in one of the seats, you could pick the spot where you're sitting down. And now Jesus has come into the synagogue and he's teaching and now he's looking into your eyes and you're looking into Jesus' eyes for the first time. And Jesus meets you with a question, what do you want me to do for you? There's also a petition that precedes it, so the man isn't coming out of, the blind man isn't coming from nowhere. Uh, it's, or sorry, the question of Jesus isn't coming from nowhere into him. He's already crying out. And he's crying out in different stages. He's crying out and people are trying to hush him. And he keeps crying out. And then he's crying out with very concrete words. Have pity on me. That's also a translation of have mercy on me. It's the same to pity somebody is to have mercy on them, to mercy them, to, to have compassion for them. And he's also giving Jesus a name, son of David. Well, they call Jesus son of Joseph for a different reason. The son of the carpenter, Joseph was a carpenter because people figured that 
Jesus, that Joseph was his father. That's why the technical word we use traditionally is Joseph was the putative father of Jesus. He was thought to be his father. So why are they calling him son of David? Because that's a messianic title that indicates uh, when uh, Nathan said to David on behalf of God, and as one of coming from your loins, a son of yours, a descendant of yours, will sit on the throne forever. And that's what the angel announces to Mary in Nazareth. And he will sit on the throne of David forever. And so this is a title that is communicating a grace that this man has. He recognizes who Jesus is. There are also scenes even in Jericho where some of the religious leadership is quite uh, hostile to Jesus or trying to get see problems. And this man is blessed with a grace in his heart to recognize who Jesus is. And then, so he has already come a certain way. He also has suffered years of blindness. Maybe also suffered a lot of injustice, halfway is intentional, halfway not intentional, some scoffing by people, some teasing, some mocking. So he has had a, his own uh, life history. And this is where Jesus meets us in our life history. With the history we might have, we might be relegated or dismissed or scoffed at by people. That doesn't matter. That actually only prepares our soul to meet Jesus. And we can cry out from the depths of our soul and also today in the world and also for all the children that the world is pondering on today, these children victims of war. And to, we can cry out, Jesus, have pity. Have pity, have mercy on us. That's those are the prayers we pray at the beginning of Mass. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. The same words. So I encourage you to put yourself before Jesus and ask for that. Maybe another backdrop can be the first reading as you go to ask Jesus for this question. And there we see a political apparatus, a whole state apparatus, uh, oppressing people, forbidding them or enticing them away from their religious identity and practice and applying very severe pressure to accomplish that. And that's not foreign even in our world today. We claim to have democracy, respect for the human person, and that's missing many times. So that's a, a, a theme also for which we could ask for Jesus to have mercy on our world, to, uh, to help these mindsets that think they can dominate others to pull back. But those mindsets could also be even in religious people. And we see that in the history of the Maccabees. They take it on themselves to, to execute their own uh, Jewish brethren who have, been, uh, who have left their faith. And God has an amazing uh, generosity of heart to respect us. He blesses Cain. He blesses uh, many people who have done wrong because he wants to draw them back to his heart. God is not a God of condemnation. He's a God of redemption. And we pray for that grace. Give me life, O Lord, and I will do your commands. Give me sight and all the gifts we already have to be doing God's commands, intelligence. We have willpower. We have connections. We have 
uh, many blessings. We have education. We know the history of our people, of our country, of our culture. We have aspirations for the future. And those are beautiful gifts. And with all of that, to do God's commands, to be orienting ourselves according to God's will in our lives. And maybe our lives are a little bit divided on that. And there we can look to Jesus again. Now, what's the thing we really most need to ask Jesus for? Lord, straighten out my heart. My heart is wobbly. My heart doesn't stay focused on the good, on the right, on the true, on the just, and the beautiful. And then we also have that great beatitude that Jesus gives. Uh, Jesus and, and his disciples don't crush others. But they do take the crushing of others. Blessed are those who suffer injustice for the sake of the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn. And so there's a great blessing in walking the path of Jesus, who doesn't, he has all the power, and yet he walks in a path of extraordinary submission and acceptance of evils done to him. It's an amazing walk of freedom, a walk of faith, hope, and love for us in our lives. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.